Hi, I'm Johanna Ferreira, content director of Pop Sugar Juntos. Juntos is all about celebrating Latin A culture, pride, our many intersectional identities, and joy. Thanks to support from Prime, there's so much to get into over at Juntos this month. From conversations with the Latin A minds behind our favorite new movies and resurrected TV shows, to thoughtful celebrity commentary and exclusive interviews with some of the biggest Latin music artists today. And it doesn't stop there. Get more of the music, movies, and shopping you love on Prime. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more of whatever you're into from streaming to shopping. And get all of our latest coverage at PopSugar.com slash Juntos. Con amor, Johanna. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. The Cut. The Cut. The Cut. cut. The Cut. The Cut. Hi, I'm about to go get my hair cut. Last month, I downloaded a dating app for the first time in a few years. While I'm here, I'm just going to scroll through my bumble. But I didn't do it looking for love. I'm already in a relationship right now. Uh, Okay, so first person, Ashley, 23. She's an associate at Ernst & Young. I'm using the app Bumble. Not the part where you swipe for love or hookups or whatever. I signed up for Bumble BFF because I need some damn friends. Last year, I graduated from college, right at the height of lockdown. All of my close friends and I moved to different cities. And ever since then, as you can imagine, it's been weird. I mean, I already had this idea that making and keeping friends as an adult is difficult. But doing that during a pandemic, it's felt damn near impossible. I think of it like this. A year and a half ago, I fell asleep at a party in college, surrounded by friends with a sense of certainty of how life would be once I entered the real world. And then the world completely changed. And after working from home and living in a new city in a tiny social bubble of just my partner and a few select family members, I'm starting to wake up, feeling lonelier than ever, wondering, where did all my friends go? I know this is a place a lot of people are finding themselves in right now. Yeah, the Seattle freeze, as it was presented to me, is essentially this phenomenon where Seattleites and locals are just not super friendly, flaky, like more unwilling to build friendships. Catherine Berry is a 25-year-old vlogger, and like me, she's found herself living in a new city, friendless. She moved to Seattle in September, which is not a place known for welcoming newcomers with open arms. I was just worried about, like, finding community there because I was living alone. I wasn't going to have friends I was meeting through work. I didn't have any sort of, like, school or program that I was in that was going to supply just, you know, sort of those friendships of convenience. Catherine's been documenting her move in a vlog series she calls Oversharing in Seattle. Here she is. 
for my first biggie girl apartment, baby. I found these videos so comforting. Like when she explains how she has some warm leads through mutual friends in her new city. There are some people who I just want to get them down the chute into the, into the friendship bin. I can hear in her voice the same tone I've taken when ranting to my boyfriend about my own lonely predicament. And right now they're like not over here and I'm like, it'd be great to have you over here because I love friendship. <laughs> I can hear hope and a little desperation. <laughs> A lot of what I'm kind of trying to overcome right now is the fear of coming across desperate Um, because I even find myself being judgmental of the new friends I've met. If I start to get a read on them that like they're kind of lonely and they don't really have many friends and like I'm one of their only sources of connection. It does put a weird weird, like feeling on you of like, oh, like why don't they have more friends? Are they not like a cool fun person to hang around like maybe and it's just such a weird like I, I can't really explain like how I've been conditioned this way or like why those thoughts come up for me but they do I I'm, I totally have that insecurity like when I'm first meeting somebody like are they gonna know that they're the only person that I can hit up to go do stuff like <laughs> and does yes. that seem weird are they does that make them feel weird these are the ruminations of a friendless person You're afraid that when you inevitably encounter new people, your loneliness is carried like a stink on each proposition to hang out. And they'll always remember it, even when it wears off. And I mean, can you blame us for having that insecurity? A lot of us are feeling really raw right now when it comes to making and keeping friends. And that's because the pandemic and lockdown forced a bunch of our friendships through these kind of stress tests that they didn't survive. Friendships that we thought were solid didn't hold up when the pandemic changed the ways we interacted with each other. Catherine, for example, watched one friendship slowly topple downhill. We met through a mutual friend. They were casual friends, not absolute besties, but they'd hang out sometimes. Those types of relationships, I feel like, are easier to keep going when you're in person and you can just, like, go to dinner or you go to a movie and there are other things entertain you. But when you step digitally, it's like, okay, now you're just on FaceTime for an hour. Like you actually just have to talk about, you know, what you have in common and the things that you both care about. Which wasn't too weird at the start, but then something started happening. When the pandemic hit, I sort of entered into this political radicalization and shift in the way that I imagined my relationship with my work. I watched this change happen, actually. Catherine's a tech worker, and a lot of her old content centered around vlogging her work week. Mid-pandemic, though, she joined this wave of online creators that started talking more about socialist ideas, which her friend wasn't into. Like, we would still talk, but I just found, like, us conflicting a lot, specifically politically, because my political identity had transformed so much. And I think that really alienated him because he just felt... Like, he had to basically, like, walk on eggshells in order to maintain the relationship, really. I also talked to Dr. Miriam Kermeyer about this. The emotional distance for many people is what's actually most detrimental. She's a therapist and a clinical psychologist who studies adult friendships. Basically, she says what happened to Catherine was actually a really common trend that she's been seeing in her clients. That is where I'm hearing a lot of heartache and conflict. So friends 
who don't see eye to eye with respect to what's happening or how best to handle things right now, uh, feeling as though a friend isn't showing up for us in the way that we'd expect or isn't able to relate to what it is we're going through, feeling uncomfortable opening up in that way, feeling judged, judging our friends. When all of our friendships went static in those early days of the pandemic, they were kind of put through the ringer. They needed to hold up against regular adult life obstacles, but also against how we were each handling this major societal shift. And so a friendship that used to be able to survive on surface-level interactions was at a real risk of falling apart when it went digital. In Catherine's case, that's exactly what happened. I sort of figured out how to like set the boundary of like, hey, like I don't really think I can support this relationship and I don't think it's fair to you to say we're friends if I'm not going to actually put the work in. So I'd like to take a step back from this, basically. And I wouldn't say it ended amicably, but I, I think it was inevitable. Like at some point, we, we would have had to come to terms with, with like our incompatibility as friends. That really needed to happen. And I don't think would have happened unless the pandemic hit. While we come to terms with how our friendships have changed, a lot of us have found ourselves needing some fresh connections. After the break... I shop for a new friend. Embracing nature is more than just going for a walk now and then. It's reconnecting with the elements. It's harnessing the power of natural ingredients. It's putting the earth first. For over 50 years, Nature's Sunshine has been sharing the healing power of nature as they work towards a healthier planet. Their manufacturing facility is 100% powered by sunlight, and they divert 95% of waste away from landfills. If you're looking for a sustainably made herbal supplement, you might want to check out Nature Sunshine and their new power line. Power Beats are a superfood performance booster that can help enhance both performance and blood flow. And Power Meal is a satisfying protein-packed superfood shake that comes in sustainable packaging made with nearly 40% post-consumer recycled plastics. Now that's something you can feel good about. This Earth Month, you can enjoy 25% off your first order with code NSP. Just go to naturesunshine.com. That's naturesunshine.com and use code NSP for 25% off your first order. This week on The Gray Area, Professor Diana Posulka and I tackle one of life's biggest questions. Are we alone in the universe? What would it take for you to step off the agnostic ledge and say... Yeah, aliens are real. Is it a spacecraft landing on the White House lawn? Well, something that was anomalous in 1952 did fly over the White House. And that's one of those cases that is still weird. (laughs) That's This Week on the Gray Area, available wherever you get your podcasts. My college friends keep texting me to organize yet another FaceTime session. And I've been kind of dodging it. Throughout the entire pandemic, I've really struggled with sitting in front of another screen just to keep a flame of connection alive. And I know that what I'm feeling is fatigue. Here's Dr. Kermeyer again. As chaotic and stressful as the world is right now, there can also be a certain level of monotony that characterizes our relationships right now, that we're not having those new, exciting experiences. Uh, there isn't happenstance. There, there isn't uh, uncertainty the kind that we like and crave, not the kind that makes us feel unsafe and and anxious. And that's hard because it feels like we're always talking about the same things. Uh, It feels like we're kind of on autopilot when it comes to connecting with our friends. And so in search of a new friend and ultimately some freaking spontaneity in my life, 
I turned to the apps, which has been interesting. <laughs> okay, I'm going to look for a friend. Uh, okay, so... My first impression was that every single person on Bumble BFF between the ages of 21 and 25's ideal friend date is thrifting, hiking, and yoga. Full disclosure, all three of those were on my profile, too. We were all just regurgitating the most neutral, relatable interests of the hip, mentally stable friend we all think we want. Some people, though, I noticed, kept it a buck fifty. Like this one girl's bio. Just a depressed 21-year-old gal looking for some really cool people to hang out with. <laughs> also, if I don't respond on here, it's because I have severe ADHD and forget literally everything. She is putting everything out there for you to just be aware of. She is honest. She is vulnerable. This girl showed me why I find these apps so weird. Because when you craft a profile saying that you're lonely and looking for love, there's nothing devastatingly embarrassing about that. At least, not anymore. But when you do the same thing, looking for friends, for some reason, it becomes a totally different way more raw conversation. And maybe that is functionally why Bumble BFF scares me because it's like, you're both in that position. And it's the awareness of it. Because most people, it's still too taboo to be like, hey, I have no fucking friends. Want to hang out? Like, it's almost like you're on this little island together, just like clutching onto each other for dear, dear life, which is like not really fertile ground for a friendship. Maybe. Although, even if you find someone on an app whose profile contains absolutely nothing of interest to you, there is one definitive thing that you two have in common. You're both stranded in a sea of strangers. If you were to approach somebody in public and say, hey, you know, or, do you want to do you want to be friends, <laughs> right? The same way we do when we're in kindergarten. People understandably have a lot of resistance to doing that. But when we're on these apps, we can feel with some sense of certainty that this person at least might be open to connecting with us or with somebody. And so it's a great starting point. After using the app for a month, the number of people I've matched with is definitely in the hundreds. But surprise, surprise. I woke up this morning feeling a little um, lonely. Sifting through a sea of other lonely people wasn't the solution I thought it would be. I came onto this app to scroll through some profiles, swiping left on most people. And I only really started to get that when one morning I was scrolling on the app and I came across this one girl's profile. I actually found somebody that is freakishly similar to me. According to her profile, she was also a 22-year-old Arab girl whose all-time favorite artists were Shakira and Nancy Ajram. She had a gaming obsession and also some mommy issues. One of the three questions that she answers is, how would your mother describe you? And she says, a disappointment. And I'm just like, yeah, like that's exactly where I'm at with my relationship with my mom. On paper, this girl and I are kind of the same person. But the conversation dried up immediately, and, and I think I'm realizing that this is actually really emotionally exhausting. I talked to Dr. Kermeyer about my progress on the app. There are times where I'm using it, and I feel like the Red Queen, like kind of like off with their heads. Like mm -hmm. I'm just kind of, you know, I, I play a story in my head of like how each one could be like a 
wonderfully, you know, fleshed out nuanced relationship that lasts for years. And then I just like end it by swiping mm-hmm. left. <laughs> and here's a, here's a question though. Do you think that has more to do with whoever is being shown to you on the app that day? Or do you think that has more to do with the headspace that you're in? Those times where I'm like being a harsher judge of people and not being able to connect with people have been the times where I'm like, where I just wake up and I'm, you know, feeling particularly lonely. So I go on this app mm-hmm. just so that I can fulfill some kind of like desire to be like, okay, well, I'm doing something to mm-hmm. To, mm-hmm. To, <laughs> to get me out of this funk. There is, to a large extent, this gamification of, of relationship making. But mm-hmm. it is important that we recognize when we are using them intentionally and when we're being passive users. Am I in the right place? To connect, am I I'm in the space where I'm willing to accept that this is awkward and vulnerable and yeah. uncertain? And if not, then it doesn't have to be right now, right? We don't we don't always have to be in that place where we are working to make new connections. It should really feel right in the moment. So basically, I just needed to let go of my judgment of myself. Feeling a little awkward and desperate is pretty much the starter dough of any friendship I was hoping to form. There's one girl I matched with through the app, named Annabelle. We started by exchanging a few voice messages. I broke up with my boyfriend of a year of dating in July. I feel like in that relationship, it was very, like, um, like calm. Like, we didn't do much. We just hung out with each other. And I recognized that Annabelle was in the same vulnerable place that I was. So only a couple of voice messages later. If you're free sometime next week, I really want to set up a time to do something. We decided to hit up a yoga class. Would you be free on Tuesday of next week? It moved really quickly. We met up later that week. Wait, is that her? I think that's her. Annabelle? I sometimes find myself wanting to hit fast forward and see if in three years I'm going to have found my people. But I'm also not really worried about that. And neither is Catherine, the vlogger in Seattle. Like, I'm very aware of the fact that I know when I look back at this time in like three or four years, it's gonna be reminiscent of like, like a freshman period in my life. In yeah. that when I look, when I was a freshman, I was making all of these friendships through like orientation and my dorm and just random people I knew at the dining hall. There was, I was, there was a sense of like desperation of just like trying to like, just latch on and like become attached in any way you possibly can. We go through these freshman periods with our friendships like this all the time, weighing what happened to the old and feeling insecure about the new. Looking back at the end of college, I was like, it's it's laughable because all those friendships I only like sustained for like six weeks and those people just lost, we lost touch with each other and it wasn't a big deal because we we found where we were supposed to be. So for now, when I wake up feeling a little stranded, I'll just go find someone to be stranded with. Like Annabelle, who I met for the first time after only knowing a few basic facts about each other. We both like restorative yoga and regaton, and we both desperately needed a new friend. We need like a lot of props. So I'm going to get you four more, four blankets. Four blankets? Yeah, it's another blanket. Wow. Are we going to bed? Yeah. (laughs) 
The Cut podcast is made by me, B.A. Parker, and Jasmine Aguilera. Edited by Jolie Myers. Mixed by Alex Higgins. Our executive producers are Hannah Rosen and Nishat Kurwa. The Cut podcast is made possible by the team at New York Magazine. Subscribe today to support all their work at thecut.com slash subscribe. I'm Noor Buziti. Thanks for listening. Celebrate Earth Month this April by harnessing the power of Mother Nature with Nature's Sunshine's new power line. From power greens with over 200 plant-based nutrients to support gut health and foundational nutrition to power beets that can improve performance and blood flow. Not to mention Power Meal, which delivers plant-based calories from Whole Foods to help keep you both energized and feeling satisfied throughout the day. This Earth Month, you can enjoy 25% off your first order with code NSP. Just go to naturesunshine.com. That's naturesunshine.com and use code NSP for 25% off your first order.